0: Henry? Oh, Henry? you fetch the water? There's a hole in the bucket Dear Liza, dear Liza There's a hole in the bucket Dear Liza, of whom? We'll fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. We'll fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, fix it. With what shall I fix it, dear Liza, dear Liza? With what shall I fix it, dear Liza? With what? With a straw, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. With a straw, dear Henry, dear Henry, with a straw. But the straw is too long, dear Lazer, dear Lazer, the straw is too long, dear Lazer, too long. Cut it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. Oh, cut it, dear Henry, dear Henry.
1: With what shall
0: I cut it, dear laser, dear laser? With what shall I cut it, dear laser? With what? With an axe, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry, with an axe, dear Henry, dear Henry,
1: with an axe. The axe is too dull, dear
0: laser, dear laser, the axe is too dull, dear laser, too dull. Sharpen it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry, oh sharpen it, dear Henry, dear Henry, hold it. <laughs> On what shall I sharpen it, dear laser, dear laser? On what shall I hold it, dear laser? On what? On a stone, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. On a stone, dear Henry, dear Henry, on a stone. But the stone is too dry, dear laser, dear laser. The stone is too dry, dear laser, too dry. Well, wet it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. Well, wet it, dear Henry. Dear Henry, wet <laughs> With what shall I wet it, dear laser, dear laser? With what shall I wet it? Dear laser, with what? Try water, dear Henry. Dear Henry, dear Henry. Try water, dear Henry. Dear Henry. In what shall I fetch it, dear laser, dear laser? In what shall I fetch it, dear laser? In what? In a bucket, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. In a bucket, dear Henry, dear Henry, in a bucket. There's a hole in the bucket, <laughs> in my bed the you. <laughs> <lisa of laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy!
2: These infinite loops are everywhere around us, so how do we get out of them? How do we escape an infinite loop? Welcome to our technology series, solution set number 104, where amongst several solutions, you'll also discover this.
1: You see students who took a little bit extra time on one concept or the other, but once they get through that concept, they just race ahead. And so the same kids that you thought were slow six weeks ago, you now would think are gifted. And we're seeing it over and over and over again. It makes you really wonder uh, kind of how much all of the labels maybe a lot of us have benefited from Uh, We're really just due to a a coincidence of time.
2: Probably like me, you don't mind receiving an occasional pic that is a good laugh for the day or which aligns with the way you're thinking or feeling at a particular moment. One of our guests posted such a picture on Facebook a few weeks ago. It got a lot of LOLs. I added my huge LOL to the bunch. I find it more than humorous, in fact I find it quite haunting. I'll tell you why in a while. It is a picture of a lad stooped beside a standpipe. Under the pipe flowing full bore is a bucket, which is in fact a closed basket full of what seems like a thousand holes. It is a good caption for angular lines of attack today, so hold on to your buckets full of holes. I'm Neville, you are on the journey, and we are about to stem it. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet. A time to begin again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Angle number one. This past week I've fielded a lot of questions. Kids are heading out of high school, biting their nails about getting into college. Lads and ladies are heading out of college, biting their nails about getting a job. There's a whole lot of hustling and scampering going on. It happens every time. Around this time in 2005, a student heard I was tutoring a few of his college mates. He came to me in a last gasp dash for help. He needed to pass his calculus, and he was at a loss. When I asked him what bit he knew, nada, he said Neville, nada, nada. Around the same time, a bright high school student was having problems with his algebra, Factors to be precise, and he wanted to maintain his high grade point average. Both came to me in a rush, which is not unusual, it's happening all the time. But just when I didn't have the time to spare. Besides, I have long since abandoned a one-size-fits-all solution to anything. Uh, to be honest, my excitement witnessing folks succeed comes from dealing with the individual where that person is at, which is not nearly as an impossible a task as it might seem. So why am I telling you this? Well, it turned out that both of my guys were at the moment stuck not on the math in and of itself, but on a certain concept. I wanted to find a way to get them to focus on that concept, so I jumped on the web in search of a particular diagram. That's when I stumbled onto a voice of this guy teaching factors. His approach struck me, so I bookmarked it. Later, I checked him out and was so excited about what he was doing, I called a friend, an engineering colleague, excited about him and saying, do you know this can guy? Come check him out. <laughs> He's doing exactly what they were telling us would be a waste of time. Check him out. Oh boy, is he onto something. Here he is by way of Ted, ladies and gentlemen, Salman Khan of Khan Academy.
1: We now have uh, on the order of of, of 2,200 videos covering everything from basic arithmetic all the way to to, to vector calculus and some of the stuff that that you saw up there. Uh, We have a a million students a month using the site, watching on the order of 100 to 200,000 videos a a day. Uh, But but what we're going to talk about in this is is how we're going uh, to the next level. Uh, but before I, I do that, I, I want to talk a little bit about really just how I got started. And uh, so, some of you all might know I was an analyst at a hedge fund, and I was in Boston, and I was tutoring my cousins in New Orleans remotely. And I started putting the first YouTube videos up really just as kind of a nice-to-have, just kind of a supplement for my cousins, something that might you know, give, give them a refresher or something. And as soon as I put those first YouTube videos up, something interesting happened. Actually, a bunch of interesting things happened. The first was the feedback from my cousins. They told me that they preferred me on YouTube than in person. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And once you get over the backhanded nature of that, there was actually something very profound there. They were saying that they preferred the automated version of their cousin to their cousin. At first it's very unintuitive, but when you actually think about it from their point of view, it makes a ton of sense. You have this situation where now they can pause and repeat their cousin. Now they can, without feeling like they're wasting my time, they could, if they have to uh, review something that they should have learned a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of years ago, they don't have to be embarrassed and ask their cousin. They can just watch those videos. If they're bored, they can go ahead. They can watch it at their own time, at their own pace. And probably the the, the least appreciated, uh, I guess, aspect of, of this is the notion that the very first time, the very first time that you're trying to get your brain around a new concept, the very last thing you need is another human being saying, do you understand this? And that's what was happening with the, the interaction with my cousins before. And now they could just do it kind of in... in kind of a, in the intimacy of their, of their, of their own room. Uh, the other thing that happened is, you know, I put them on YouTube just, just you know, for, for the, you know, I, was, I, I saw no reason to make it private, so I, I let other people watch it. And, and then people started stumbling on it. And, and I started getting some comments and some letters and, and all sorts of kind of feedback from, from random people around the world. And, you know, these are just a few. This is actually from one of the original calculus videos. And someone wrote just on YouTube, it was a YouTube comment, First time I smiled doing a derivative. Let's let's, let's pause here. This person did a derivative, and then they smiled. (laughs) And then in response to that same comment, this is on the thread, you could go on YouTube and, and look at these comments, someone else wrote, same thing here, I actually got a natural high and a good mood for the entire day. Since I remember seeing all of this matrix text in class, and here I'm all like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> and we got a lot of feedback along those lines. You know, it was, clearly it was helping people. But then as, as the viewership kept growing and kept growing, I, I started getting letters from, from people, and it was it starting was to become clear that it was actually more than just a nice-to-have. Uh, th- this is just a, an excerpt from one of, one of those letters. Uh, my 12-year-old son has autism and has had a terrible time with math. We have tried everything, viewed everything, bought everything. We stumbled on your video de- on decimals, and it got through. Then we went on to the dreaded fractions. Again, he got it. We could not believe it. He is so excited. And so you can imagine. You know, here I was, uh, 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 an analyst at a hedge fund. Uh, I, it, it was very strange for me to do something of social value. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was, uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I was excited, so I kept going. And then a few things, other things started to dawn on me, that not only would it help my cousins right now or, or these people who were sending letters, but it could maybe that this content will never go old, that it could help their kids or their grandkids. If Isaac Newton had done YouTube videos on calculus, I wouldn't have to. <laughs> uh, assume, assume, assuming he was good. We don't know. He, uh, uh the other thing that happened, and, you know, even at this point, you know, I said, okay, maybe it's a good supplement, it's good for motivated students, it's good for maybe homeschoolers, but I didn't think it would be something that would somehow penetrate the classroom. But then I started getting letters from teachers, and the teachers would write saying, we've used your videos to flip the classroom. You've given the lectures. So now what we do, and this could actually happen in every classroom in America tomorrow, what I do is I assign the lectures for homework, and what used to be homework I now have the students doing in the classroom, and I want to I want to pause here for <laughs> I, I, I want to pause here for a second because there's a couple of interesting things. One, when those when those teachers are doing that, th- there's, there's the obvious benefit. There's the the benefit that now their their students can enjoy the videos in the way that my cousins did. They can pause, repeat at their own pace, uh, at their own time. But the more interesting thing, and this is the unintuitive thing when you talk about technology in the classroom by removing the one-size-fits-all lecture from the classroom and letting, and letting students have a self-paced lecture at home, and then when you go to the classroom, letting them do work, having the, stu- the teacher walk around, having the peers actually be able to interact with each other, these teachers have used technology to humanize the classroom. They took a fundamentally dehumanizing experience, a bunch of 30 kids with their fingers on their lips, not allowed to interact with each other. A teacher, no matter how good, has to give this kind of one-size-fits-all lecture to 30 students, you know, blank faces, slightly antagonistic, and now it's a human experience. Now they're actually interacting with each other. So once the Khan Academy kind of, you know, I, I quit my job and, and, and we turned into a real organization where we're a not-for-profit, um, the question is, how do we take this to... Uh, the next level. How do we take what those teachers were doing to their natural conclusion? And so what I'm showing over here, these are actual uh, exercises that I started writing for my cousins. Uh, The ones I started were much more primitive. This is kind of a a more competent version of it. But the paradigm here is we'll we'll, we'll generate as many questions as you need until you get that concept, until you get 10 in a row. And the, the, the Khan Academy videos are there. You get hints, the actual steps for that problem if you don't know how to do it. But the paradigm here, it seems like a very simple thing, 10 in a row, you move on, but it's fundamentally different than what's happening in classrooms right, right now. In a, in a traditional classroom, you have a couple of uh, uh, homework, homework lecture, homework lecture, and then you have a snapshot exam. And that exam, whether you get a, a 70%, an 80%, a 90%, or a 95%, the class moves on to the next topic. And even that, that, that 95% student, what was the 5% they didn't know? Maybe they didn't know what, what happens when you raise something to the, to the zeroth power. And then you go build on that in the next concept. That's analogous to uh, imagine learning to ride a bicycle. And I give you a bicycle. Maybe I give you a lecture ahead of time, and, and I give you that, that bicycle for two weeks. And then I come back after two weeks, and I say, well, let's see. You're having trouble taking left turns. You can't quite stop. You're, you're an 80% bicyclist. So I put a big C stamp on your forehead. And then I say, here's a unicycle. But as ridiculous as that sounds, that's exactly what's happening in, in, our, in, our, in our classrooms right now. And, and, and the idea is, that, you know, you, you fast forward and students start, good students start failing algebra all of a sudden and start failing uh, calculus all of a sudden, despite being smart, despite having good teachers. And it's usually because they had these Swiss cheese gaps that kept building throughout their foundation. So our, our model is learn math the way you would learn anything, like the way you would learn a bicycle. Stay on that bicycle. Fall off that bicycle. Do it as long as necessary until you have mastery. The traditional model, it penalizes you for experimentation and failure, but it does not expect mastery. We encourage you to experiment. We ex- encourage you to failure, but we do expect mastery. This is just another one of the modules. This is trigonometry. This is shifting and reflecting functions. And, and they all fit together. We have, we have about 90 of these right now. And, and, and you can go to the site right now. It's all free, not, not trying to sell anything. But the general idea is that they all fit into this knowledge map. That pop node right there, that's literally single-digit addition, it's like one plus one is equal to two. And the paradigm is, once you get ten in a row on that, then it keeps forwarding you to more and more advanced modules. So if you keep, so keep, this is further down the knowledge map, we're getting into more advanced arithmetic. Further down, you start getting into pre-algebra and early algebra. Further down, you start getting into uh, uh, algebra one, algebra two, a little bit of pre-calculus. And The idea is from this we can actually teach everything, well, everything that can be taught in this type of a framework. So you can imagine, and this is what we are working on, is from this knowledge map you have logic, you have computer programming, you have grammar, you have genetics, all based off of that core of, okay, if you know this and that, now you're ready for this next concept. Now, that can work well for an individual learner, you know, and, and I encourage one for you to do it with your kids, but I also encourage everyone in the audience to do it yourself. It'll, it'll change what happens at the dinner table. Uh, but what we want to do is use the natural conclusion of the flipping of the classroom that those early teachers had emailed me about. And so what I'm showing you here, this is actually data from a pilot in the Los Altos school district where they took two fifth grade classes and two seventh grade classes, and completely gutted their old math curriculum. These kids aren't using textbooks. They're not getting one-size-fits-all lectures. They're doing Khan Academy. They're doing that software for roughly half of their math class. And I want to make it clear, we don't view this as the complete math education. What it does is, and this is what's happening in Los Altos, it frees up time. This is the blocking and tackling, making sure you know how to do the system of equations, and it frees up time for the simulations, for the games, for the mechanics, for the, for the robot building, for, for the estimating how high that hill is based on its on its shadow. And so the paradigm is the teacher walks in every day, every kid works at their own pace, and a teacher gets, this is actually a live dashboard from Los Altos School District, and they look at this dashboard. Every row is a student, every column is one of those concepts. Green means the students already proficient, blue means that they're working on it, no need to worry, red means they're stuck. And what the teacher does is literally just says let me intervene on the red kids, or even better, let me get one of the green kids who are already proficient in that concept to be the first line of attack and actually tutor their, their peer.
2: There are powerful slides and much more associated with this presentation. We encourage you to visit the site. Check out the video. It has had more than 3 million views. Hopefully you're amongst them.
0: Henry? Oh Henry? Did yes. you fetch the water?
2: Angle number two. So let's revisit that haunting image of the lad stooped beside that holy bucket under the standpipe. If you don't have the hem- image there, you can find it on the Click on technology. You know, we might be standing at a particular segment of an infinite loop, On aware it is an infinite loop. We can see exactly what is broken in the segment we're standing at. We can see the hole there. It's so easy, isn't it, to believe that if someone fixes that bit, everything is hunky-dory. Well, it might not be a bad idea to step up and fix it. Sometimes we are standing outside of the loop, and we can see that it is an infinite loop. So it is easy to believe that nothing can be done. It is a useless case. Well, neither is a good situation structurally nor individually. Notice I say structurally. Notice I also say individually. Those are two different things in our experiment. Anyway, here's an exercise you might try if you are in a group. Or you're a parent or coach. It works with folks, say, seven years up to 70 years old. However, that's an artificial limit. We haven't tried it outside of that age group. It's your turn.
0: Henry? Oh, Henry? You fetch the water? Oh, fetch the water. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, a hole.
2: This is an exercise for individuals or for teams. Give each, that is, the individual or the team, a clothing basket, i.e. that holy bucket. And the person or team's task is then to use it to fetch a particular amount of water to a particular place. It is important that the task be specific. The only stipulation is that individual or that team cannot spend any money solving any problem they might face. Try that exercise. I promise you that unless you have a group of people that all think alike, and do things alike, you will be amazed by the array of solutions that will come alive to complete that task. True, if you have a group large enough, there is bound to be someone who think it a fruitless exercise or an exercise for a fruitcake, and nothing would be done.
1: With what
0: shall I cut it, dear laser, dear laser? With what shall I cut it, dear laser? With what? With an ax, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. With an ax, dear Henry, dear Henry, with an ax. The ax is too dull, dear laser, dear laser. The ax is too dull, dear laser. Too dull. Sharpen it,
2: dear Henry. Dear Henry. Oh, sharpen it, dear Henry. Dear Henry, hone it. <laughs> Let's hone it. We ascribe the word stem to the triangles of approach to our leaky bucket. In everyday life, actually, we use this word stem a few different ways. A stem is the stalk that supports a leaf, a flower, or fruit. It's the main body of that portion of a tree or a shrub or other plant that is above ground, or it's a cut flower. But we might say to stem something, that's to stop it, check it, or restrain it, to dam it up, to stop the flow, to plug it up, or make it from tight, to stop the bleeding, right? We also use the word stem to make headway against a force, against the tide, say, or to make progress against any opposition. We also use it as an acronym, STEM. When used in reference to academic disciplines, it stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Math. Here sometimes it is the pipeline and not the bucket that is leaky. In
0: chose, you... You like in chose, in a bucket, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry, in a bucket, dear Henry, dear Henry, in a bucket. There's a hole in the bucket, in my bed, in my there's a hole in the bucket, in my
2: In my encouragement today as it regards dealing with infinite loops, I want to stress the vital importance of understanding whether you're trying to solve a structural issue or a personal issue. Quite often, these require different solutions. You will be kept in an infinite loop, and sometimes deliberately so, by not ascertaining the difference. Between a structural issue and a personal or individual issue, this brings me to angle number three. The three L's, a philosophical view. What was your reaction on seeing the image? Well, here, are L number one, laughter. Now, laughter is a good thing. It is healthy. It is also revealing. Laughter at the situation, for whatever reason, that's good. Laughter at the person, not so good. Why? Mockery is not helpful or healthful to the mocker. It's never healthy. Besides, by the image, we do not know the story behind that person, do we? We might make up the story. We don't know if the person is stupid. We don't know if the person is figuring out something. We don't know if the person is wondering who placed that bucket there. We don't know if that person is working for the fool who is paying him to take the bucket there. We don't know the story. Yet, laughter is good. It awfully provokes a reaction from each of us. L number two, lesson learned. Learning something from that image is good. Did you learn anything from the situation that was presented or about the situation it caused you to reflect upon. L number three, did it inspire you to want to lend a hand? Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? My mom, you you see, now I'm going to blame my mom. She used to sing for me that Harry Belafonte song, which I'm grateful to be sharing with you. That's Harry Belafonte and Odetta, live. She used to say it all the time after singing that song for me. Don't stand there and complain about the hole in the bucket. Do something about it. Now, that lady, that lady... That lady. The journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio
1: Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love.
2: Remember, you can also find us on Stitcher and grab a copy of The Hunks I Breed. A breed beyond the hero. The Hunks I Breed by yours truly. Check it out. Have a great week. See you next week.